I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Bring it up, Jake. Football Week 7 in the National Football League kicking off in the Big Easy. But for now, we finish up P-Squared, P-Squared Awards on this tremendous football Thursday. Jake, bring the music up here. And Ken, let's get to Coach of the Year, where Dan Campbell and Mike McDaniel are at the top of the board. Dan Campbell is the favorite at plus 250. Mike McDaniel close behind him at BetMGM, plus 275. D'Amico Ryans and Kyle Shanahan, both at 10-1. to 1. So we got the... Uh, the Niners head coach and the Niners former defensive coordinator. Both are 10 to 1. Ryan's obviously the current head coach of the Texans. Robert Sala, 18 to 1. Doug Peterson at 22 to 1. Shane Steichen has now dropped to 25 to 1, obviously, after uh, they lose Anthony Richardson and lose last week. Steichen at 25. Mike Tomlin at 25. Sean McVay at 25. Todd Bowles at 25. I've drawn the Gettleman line here, but I went all the way down the board, Ken. And I do just want to reference this. I don't think he's going to win. I think he's the worst. Josh McDaniels is 150 to 1 and the Raiders might be 4 to 3, 4 and 3 after Sunday. Just wanted to throw that out there. I don't think he's going to sure. win. Just figured I'd toss that out there. Ken thoughts here on coach of the year. Yeah, I mean like I I had somebody ask me about McDaniels uh I had somebody ask me about like Eberflus if they got like if they went on like a, or this was last week Eberflus before they before they lost to the Vikings. And he, the problem with these coaches, right, is that like everyone actually like thinks that, like the problem with like Todd Bowles and Dennis Allen, like, everyone thinks they stink. Like and it's like a narrative driven award. Like it's just yeah, if you if they won eight more games than the previous year, sure they could win. But man, they got to really be like far and away the best candidate. And I don't think that's really likely. There's going to be a bunch of really good candidates. Uh, last week it was like sort of a somber tone. I was just like, look, like we've we've kind of been waiting a little bit. We've got some stuff early in there, but just been like hanging out, trying to figure out when do we want to try to beat Campbell and McDaniel? Do we want to do that? And as they just win more games, the likelihood of a fourteen and three kind of a super season keeps getting bigger. And if that's going to happen, like they can win. Like my issue with both was always like a reasonable improvement for them to win coach of the year is like four or five games. They both won like eight, nine games last year. I think they both won nine games actually. So like you're talking about like a 13 and four, 14 and three kind of a season in, in order for these guys to win coach of the year at the start of the year, that's unreasonable. They both had win totals that were much lower than that. So like that was why I didn't like them. And now they're both 
apparently going to fly over these win totals. And if that's true, now now both can win. And I'm like happy to admit that as we tick off more wins for them, it's it's worth noting. Just if we did want to try to beat them, uh, I would offer two thoughts. One, uh, this is a week where both are underdogs. It'll probably be the only week the rest of the entire season where both McDaniel and Campbell are not expected to win the game that they're playing. Uh, McDaniel's a dog at Philadelphia. Campbell's a dog at Baltimore. So like, kind of like with Heisman, you could see a dramatic shift in the market. It wouldn't be as dramatic as Heisman. But like, this is a week, like it's not, It's we're done with Dolphins by 14 until we get it again next week when they play the Patriots. But like, we're done with that for a week where it's at least like you could see movement here. I don't I, like we did this the last two weeks. It was literally, oh, well, they're going to win and the other guy's going to win. So don't do anything. And now it's at least like, well, they could lose. And my the only coach that I'm thinking about as like an ad at this point until we get more information could be D'Amico Ryan's at some point. Maybe maybe Houston does it. I don't think they do. And I think Stroud wins. And that's how they reward that accomplishment. But like the only coach I'd be thinking about a little bit here and they're on by this week. So you never have to bet them now. Anyway, you can actually wait to see if these two guys lose this week to make this decision starting to develop like a healthy interest in Robert Sala to win NFL coach of the year this year after the Jets beat the Eagles last week, an incredibly important game for their playoff chances and this award. Uh, the Jets won seven games last year, I believe something like that. And so a, a reasonable improvement for them would be like a wild card spot like making the playoffs. And obviously you have all of the narrative driven stuff that goes along with this. Uh, he's been front and center the last couple of weeks, had that like kind of mic drop quote that they finally beat the Eagles after the franchise hadn't beaten them before. He's front and center. Rogers is throwing passes off to the side. So it's a sideshow. They're always in the news. It's New York. And if he takes Zach Wilson to a playoff spot and not just like takes him to a playoff spot, that would represent a marked improvement over the team's record the previous year. Four plus is usually what you're looking for. Like, can the Jets really go 11 and six? Can that really happen? If you look at the schedule, it's actually not that crazy that they, God forbid Rogers ever comes back late in the year and they win a couple games too, by the way, to get you a wild card spot. You're not making the bet based on that. So again, haven't bet it, they're on a buy. But they're going to come off the bye. They're going to play the Giants. So, like, this thing's going to start getting rolling here a little bit in terms of momentum with the Jets getting back for, like, the seven seed. Remember, the Chargers lost. So, like, the path to the seven seed gets a little bit more open. Like, Cincinnati is going to want to have their say. We'll see how Cleveland does over the weekend with Deshaun back. But there's a little bit of an opening here, especially if, like, maybe Pittsburgh, TJ Watts out, they lose. Like, you can see this kind of coming together. The Patriots are eliminated. Like, you got to worry about the Raiders. I don't think so. Uh, where Sala becomes interesting but you don't have to bet him this week because his price won't change. Like, even if McDaniel and Campbell lose, the coaches who win will take that win probability, and and Salah will still be, like, 15, 20 to 1, whatever, going into the Giants game. So that's the only name I have circled as, like, okay, let's get a little more down the road, just even a week, and then maybe, maybe we can craft a case for someone at a big price, especially if Campbell or McDaniel take losses and kind of likely lost games this week. Um, and I'll say this about the Jets, and I know this because I, I was on WFAN earlier and we were talking about like the Jets maybe making the playoffs. Like, is it possible that that could happen? So a lot of the teams, Ken, that you reference, like teams that the Jets might have to worry about in terms of like maybe getting into the seventh seed in the playoffs. So they they play Cleveland. They host Houston. They play the Raiders. They play the Chargers. In Week 18, if there were ever a time to break this ridiculous losing streak they're on to the Patriots, it would be then. Like, they play yeah. all these teams. So it's, like, all in front of them here, like, for the Jets, where if you're bullish on them, like, they win a bunch of games. Not only are they winning, but the teams that they're that they're competing with for the final couple playoff spots are losing. Uh, so I, I like the thought there on Robert Sala. I actually think he's kind of like an underrated head coach as well, and I think he'll get a ton of credit also if they get there without Rodgers. Oh, I totally agree. Even, 
How about this? Let's say they go 9-8, and eight and it's only a two-game improvement, but they make the playoffs with Zach Wilson as the quarterback the whole year. I think that might be enough to get him a ton of consideration. I agree. I would just the only other thing like, I add here. They don't have to go eleven and six, right? They could go nine and eight as long as they make it. Right. It would be because it, it's it becomes like a Vrabel thing where it's like, well, the team didn't improve that much, but there was like the narrative built into like, well, the guys were hurt and they were doing like they were doing really well. And I know Tennessee was the one seed, but like you get the idea. So the only other thing I'd add here for now, so I think it's like a bookmark solo for next week. We really might take a position on him next week, and let's see if Campbell and McDaniel take losses this week. The other thing to think about here is. What if both McDaniel and Campbell just keep winning and they both put together seasons that are really interesting and we'll do comeback player of the year in a second? Uh, I think the at least this is how I would think about it with no polling. Now, when we get polling, the polling will tell us whether voters really like Campbell or really like McDaniel and, and which way it is. Certainly, like very early in the season, there was a lot of buzz around McDaniel, some of the pieces that were written and less around Campbell for the award. But that can change. I don't think anybody thought the Lions were necessarily going to do this. And now everybody's coming on saying Jared Goff MVP and Lions are going to be like the one seed in the NFC. So I will say if they both have super seasons, like we're talking like 13 and four plus, maybe 14 and three plus, which I know is a lot, but like they both can do it. If that happens, just my personal opinion, what I would have Campbell is much more likely to win. And the reason I would have him is more likely to win about two things. One, it will be like less expected that they get there because they've had a lot of injuries that the Dolphins haven't had. But most importantly, the Dolphins are going to be in play for a lot of awards if they do that. And like two is probably going to win MVP and Tyreek might win offensive player of the year and the Lions are winning nothing. And they're going to be like the one seed in the NFC. And like, here's how you reward that accomplishment. And if you think voters don't think like that, you're absolutely nuts. There's no way they're giving the Dolphins three awards and the Lions none if the Lions get the one seed. There's absolutely no way that happens. So like maybe the Dolphins sweep all those awards but if they both have big seasons i would be very pro campbell over mcdaniel in that situation thinking the dolphins will get other trophies and like that'll acknowledge their offensive accomplishments i could be wrong just my thought and we'd wait for polling so it's kind of like sala next week probably let's see what happens and then if it does get down to the end like my initial thought would be campbell over mcdaniel you better you bet nick and ken tremendous football thursday p squared b squared nfl awards wraps up now with our thoughts on comeback player of the year where damar hamlin inactive last week is the uh is the favorite minus 190 Tua three to one cooper cup 16 lamar and stafford at 20 baker mayfield and Brees hall now at 22 kyler murray is 150 to one all the way down the board might come back next week for arizona just had that just to talk about i don't know if he'll win but wanted to mention that and ken just like in the interest of time here um I also, just like, maybe we could do this even to start next segment. Like, what happens if, like, Aaron Rodgers comes back? Like, in, like, week 18 or, like, even, like, the wild card round. Could Rodgers win comeback player of the year? He's not listed anywhere. He's probably not going to play. But, like, just to get ahead of it, maybe that's something that could happen. Your thoughts on comeback player of the year? We don't have to do Rodgers or Kyler now. Like, it is with your analysis of the market. If we have time, we can do it. Uh, I'll do, well, I can do them in like 30 seconds and we'll do more on them next week because I think that's probably a good idea. Uh, Kyler, I think we just totally book our market for next week. The price probably won't change because he's not going to play. Now, maybe he goes like 150 to 50 because people buy when he returns. But like it's a next week conversation. I don't think he'd win anyway, but it's a next week conversation. Rogers uh, keeps going on McAfee and like talk, taking shots at Anthony Fauci and stuff. I don't think voters have any desire whatsoever to give him this award, which is like a completely not stat narrative driven award. Like they give him MVP because he has the best stats he's on the best team that's easy like you write you write his name down for this this kind of a thing i think there's like no shot honestly and it's it uh, interesting word choice and despite like even if you're like you're crazy like Definitely whatever no shot like lib uh even if you think that the idea they would give him an award for playing like one game 
Uh, I it's just I just don't see it. So I, total zero for me. Uh, in terms of okay. like the players who can actually win, uh, I look the opinion's not going to change, but I just still think this is like my favorite like money pinata to hit over and over again because I just think I'm going to be right at the end, and that's like a really cocky way to look at it. And I think I'm going to be right, so we'll see. Uh, if Hamlin keeps being inactive. I really think there's like a 0% chance he wins. I can be wrong when the polling comes out. Until you show me the poll, I'm going to think he's got no shot. I think they're not going to give it to someone who literally never plays. And I think that's going to be the justification for them not giving it to him. If he was active every week and like taking snaps, then there might be like an ethical dilemma for like voters to not write his name down. They wouldn't want to be the guy who didn't vote for him. Now they got an easy out. He just doesn't play. Like, hey, great story. But like, I, I want to give this award to somebody who plays like just to reward that accomplishment. Easy to write. Nobody begrudges you, whatever. So I, I really think like Hamlin's got to come back and play and like be on the field on defense for this to even be a conversation for me. Uh, Tua is going to be like the monkey wrench where our voters going to like come around to this concussion retirement narrative. Maybe I've always thought that was less likely than other players because Tua played so much last year. So like his comeback occurred like off the field in a doctor's office. So it's just kind of weird and like not a typical story, but it could happen. He's just going to be the guy that ruins it for me. And I'm happy to have no exposure to him because the prices are really low. Uh, have built a massive position on Cooper Cup. Remember he was 80 and we said, bye, 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 bye. And then he was less and we bought more and now he's 16 and we're going to buy more and then he's going to drop again and we're going to keep doing it because he'd probably be the favorite uh baker mayfield his price went up because he played so poorly uh against detroit and you might be like yeah like he can't win now did you see that game he sucked geno smith lost eight games last year and won eight of them so eight thursdays we would sit here and be like wow what a crappy game for geno smith how's he ever gonna win comeback player of the year uh and he won so no, Baker can absolutely still win. Like, you know, you know how quick our memory or how quick we are to forget stuff? Literally one week, game-winning drive against Atlanta this Sunday. Guess what's happening? 15 to one, like a guaranteed. So uh, actually a pretty good time to buy if you don't have enough of them, just to be honest. So Cup, Mayfield, and then a last note here uh, on a third player who, if you missed the first time, if you have it the first time, then I don't know if I'd add more, but if you don't have them from the first time, Chase Young has not accumulated a ton of sacks this year, I think he only has like three and a half or two and a half, a, a low number. Uh, his pressure rate and his yeah, his pressure rate and his number of pressures are outrageous, like almost the best in the NFL. Like he's having a monster season getting to the quarterback. He just hasn't gotten the sacks and he gets the Giants this weekend. So if you were looking for a potential like pop game going forward, right? We always talk about like bet on what's going to happen, not like what already happened. Like that's the prices have already dropped. Really, nobody could see like a four sack game for Chase Young against this Giants offensive line and Tyrod Taylor or Daniel Jones or whoever. It just seems like if it's going to happen, maybe it never happens. And it, he's 100 to one or more in places right now to win. But like it's maybe it never materializes. If it was ever going to materialize, this is the game. This is the game, and it's only this game. And if it's not this, then it's probably never. But like this is the game. So just like... If you don't have any, you're not going to take a hundred to one flyer when like Hamlin probably won't win in my opinion. And I don't want to, uh, we got Lamar Jackson up there. So he's going to get zero votes. Lamar Jackson can't win. Like Brees Hall, like coming back from, he never got, he never got started. He got her as a rookie. Like these are just all flimsy cases and we want the guys who can win. And the guys who can win are Cup, Mayfield, maybe a little Chase Young, and we'll see what happens. All right. There we have it. 
Good stuff there. P-squared, B-squared NFL awards as we approach week seven in the National Football League. Uh, we have a report from Cameron Wolf of the NFL Network who tweeted this moments ago. Trevor Lawrence, and apparently there's a video posted on Twitter also. Uh, Trevor Lawrence doing dropbacks and throwing during his pregame workout. Oh, and Cameron Wolf is reporting now that Trevor Lawrence is going to start. Ooh, so baby. apparently we've got... So Lawrence is going to play. So, like, we don't have the official actives and actives yet to know, like, 100%. But I think if someone from NFL Network is reporting, I think we should feel pretty good about it that Trevor Lawrence is going to play. So on the other side, we're going to tell you, like, officially when we get the word, if Lawrence is playing or not. Again, it looks like he will. What the market is for the Jaguars and the Saints and all our bets, side total and props for Thursday night football in the Big Easy with the Jags and New Orleans next to wrap up a Thursday edition of the show with Nick and Ken.